Hello, everybody, and welcome back after the long three-week hiatus to uh, the Star-Telegram's High School Huddle podcast. I'm Peter Dawson, as always, joined by our high school uh, preps aficionado. That would be Brian Gossett. Brian, how are you doing on this Tuesday? I'm doing well. Happy New Year, everyone. Yep, it, it's been three long weeks three since weeks. we've done this, and we've got a ton of stuff to get to. We're going to try to cram as much of it into kind of 30 minute, 30 to 40 minutes as possible. And I know we're, we're digging back in your memory a little bit, but we're going to start by recapping the state titles. Now, fortunately for us, there weren't quite as many Fort Worth uh, Arlington teams in the mix, but the games themselves were pretty entertaining. And we're going to start with one that... You know, Brian, I'm going to ask Brian this, but, uh, you know, in recent memory, it's got to be one of the best endings to a Texas State final that you're that has ever been and that you might ever see. And that was North Shore beating Duncanville. Duncanville obviously upsetting Allen in the semifinal. Brian, for those who haven't seen it, and I can't imagine there are too many of our listeners out there who haven't, walk us through the last, even the last quarter and the last play. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure by now everyone's seen it. It's been on ESPN and SportsCenter. The Hail Mary, 45-yard uh, walk-off with, uh, you know, time expiring. And A.J. Carter's the uh, wide receiver that caught it over two or three defenders. I mean, if, you, if you've seen the video, um, I always laugh at it because all the media guys are right there in the corner by the uh, end zone. And they're just – they turn into real uh, fans. You know, they go jump – they just go crazy. And – it was the last game of the season on, on, on a Saturday, December 22nd, and, you know, I was doing the story, had about four or five uh, graphs already done. Already written, yeah, like most Dun- reporters Duncanville did. was going to win, and, um, yeah, it was crazy. I've never seen it. I've uh, been doing this now for five seasons. Uh, it was by far the best finish I've ever witnessed. Did, now, given, I mean, obviously, we we you've seen some we've seen some crazy endings. You've been at some crazy endings this season. With that in mind, I mean, we, in the press box, in the it, with the crowd, with the players. I mean, given the way the game kind of went, did did you? I mean, the unlikelihood of a fifty, you know, a fifty yard yeah. hail mary is always unlikely. But was there a sense that hey, you know? They have, they still have a real shot, or did most people? Your story aside, did most people think, man, this thing's over? No way. I mean, it's hard to tell. I mean, it was from forty-five yards, three seconds left. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you like you see in every level, they're just kind of hoisted up. You figure Duncanville's going to bat it down, but right. Uh, so, do you take and and I, you don't, you don't want to assign too much blame or too much credit, but was it was the play itself one of those where you look at it and you say? Man, the defense just blew it. Or you you say, man, no, you know, he put it in a spot where he put it in the right spot. Yeah. I think it was like in the corner of the the end zone. Uh, there was two wide receivers, and just so happens uh, Carter was there, uh, who's a senior, by the way. So kind of a good way to end it there. And um, you know, Duncanville, like I said, two or three defenders in his area. They put the hand up, but they just they couldn't get it. And he made a phenomenal catch, I think. Um, it ended. It might have been first, but I think it was second on uh, top ten for for that day. Should have been number yeah, one. Yeah, I was gonna say I was shocked that it wasn't number one. But yeah, I mean, it was it was you know two top five teams in the in the country, and uh, it was a back and forth battle. You know, scoreless third quarter, and then things picked up in the in the fourth. I think there was four lead changes um, in the last 
six minutes, something and like that. You can't ask for more than that. And Duncan Vell, you know, they score with about uh, 40 seconds left, I think. Uh, Jaquindon Jackson uh, called his own number, and North Shore just, you know, took it down and the rest is history. And I feel feel, feel kind of bad for uh, Reginald Samples, uh, Duncanville head coach, terrific head coach. Uh, but he's been kind of – he's had some bad beats in the past, and uh, this, this one probably hurt the most. So last note on this game, you know, we talked a lot about Allen all year. And Duncanville, I don't want to say crept up, but they definitely, I think, shocked people when they beat Allen. Interestingly, North Shore is the one that claims the title. I mean, do you think that they there was? I mean, you were there. Was there was there any kind of, of any of that disrespect talk? Because like like we've talked about, Duncanville Allen, Duncanville and Allen throughout the season, statewide, nationally, have been shown a lot of love. North Shore obviously is, is a strong program, but I didn't get that sense coming into this game. Yeah, I mean, entering the game, North Shore was number two in the state in six A. Um, I think they were. Like I said, top five in the in the country, maybe top ten. Uh, I just you know watching the game early on, it was it was those boys are are big, some of the biggest football players I've ever seen. It was a, <laughs> it was a physical physical match in terms of high schoolers, uh, just a physical match. Um, and yeah, they're just kind of going toe to toe. But uh, North Shore is definitely strong, and they're going to be strong next year because the quarterback is a sophomore, the uh, running back is uh either sophomore or junior and he's like maybe number one or number two in his class in the in this country so uh look out for north shore again well yeah and and adding on to that i'm sure duncanville will be hungry again but also i mean we talked a lot about alito and and we'll get to them in a second but we talked a lot about alito being on the revenge tour this year you got to think that allen is going to be on the revenge tour next year which is, is scary because they also return a lot of talent yeah, um, it'd be interesting to see who the quarterback and wide receivers are because they're uh, they're gone. But um, you know, when you have almost seven thousand kids, you know, one of the biggest high schools in the state, in the you're country. gonna find you're gonna find a, a pretty good uh, quarterback and wide receiver. So yeah, and Duncanville, like you you hit on, uh, they'll be hungry too. Jaquinda Jackson is back; he's uh, one of the top quarterbacks in the in the country as well. So. Um, the season just ended, but uh, we can't wait for 2019. Well, we mentioned Alito a second ago, and we're going to talk about them reclaiming their place uh, atop the high school football mountain, winning a state title again after not winning last season. They take down Fort Bend Marshall. I think that from beginning to end, Alito, uh, of all the teams, might have, at least for, for this area, the ones that we keep kept track of and, and keep track of, they were the most complete team, and they were the hungriest team, and they pretty much were wire to wire, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean it was fifty-five nineteen, Fort Bend Marshall. Uh, you know, it was the first trip to the state title game, um, a fairly newer program. I think two thousand two was uh, when they were established. But yeah, hungry, like you mentioned, uh, after coming up a point short against College Station last year, and really on they've they're now kind of on top of. Uh, the UIL because they tied a record eight state championship in football right uh, with about four or five other teams so and it's uh, seven seven state title in 10 years which I don't think has ever been done before I mean yeah you know dynasty you call it a dynasty and so uh, just start to finish they're dominating Jason McClellan once again you know three touchdowns in the first half uh, Wyatt Harris who is going to TCU he was named the defensive 
uh, MVP and, and McLennan was offensive. So just dominating performance from start to finish and, um, you know, expect them to be the favorite again next year. Well, even though, and we're, we're going to hit pause on this and circle back, but there's obviously some changes in the athletic department and uh, with the head coach at Alito, but we're going to save that for a little bit later in the program. The next game that we're going to talk about, Highland Park and Shadow Creek. You know, Highland Park had that wild comeback against Denton Ryan. You wonder, do they have anything left in the tank? But I, I think that we both felt that if they could survive that because they've that's happened so you know that's happened year after year they've been able to win that game in that spot you know they survived that you think well they're going to be okay in the final and they were yeah uh 27 17 against shadow creek shadow creek uh just got to give them you know all the the credit because uh this is their first season playing varsity football and they reached the state title game uh, tall, tall glass there against Highland Park, who goes on to win their third straight, and uh, could very well forepeat with uh, Chandler Morris, quarterback, is returning, and and Prince Dorbaugh is one of the top uh, defenders. He's coming back too, and as, as long as you have Randy Allen, who uh, I, I think he's going to be back. Who knows? You know, he had that. He kind of retired for about three weeks uh, <laughs> last year and came back. So as long as you have him. You know, uh, Highland Park is is going to be the favorite again for 5A D1. But um, yeah, it was only a 10 point game. You know, Shadow Creek uh, really played well against them, uh, considering the the two sides. But uh, yeah, Highland Park, you know, they know how to win, so they they pulled it out. One more uh, state championship game that we wanted to touch on state championship winner, mind you, from around this area, and that was Longview. What did you What did you see in this one? A game that probably, at least compared to the others, not quite as uh, quite big in terms of the size scale, but uh, but a good win. Yeah, and it was a good game uh, against uh, Westbrook, uh, Beaumont Westbrook. Uh, it was a six A D two game. Uh, I'm trying to remember the score here. I think it was uh, thirty. 635 something like that it's been a few weeks we're gonna cut you some slack uh and longview uh if you know the story they've they're they've they're a good football team they've been there many times just couldn't get over the hump and they win and they uh snap their 81 year you know championship drought in football so it's been 81 years since they won a title since they won the title now they now they're winners in 2018 it's a long way to come. Now, in terms of state records, there are a few you wanted to touch on. What were some of the most impressive numbers you've seen uh, that were put up this year? I mean, the biggest one is uh, Jordan Whittingham from Curo, uh, wide receiver who is signed to Texas. Five-star guy. Five-star guy. He actually signed one or two days before the state title game. Uh, like I mentioned, he's uh, He'd been committed to Texas yeah, for a while. Yeah, he'd been committed. Uh, he's like a slot guy. But he, most of the game he played uh, Wildcat quarterback. Oh, okay. And he set a state record, a state title game record in rushing yards. <laughs> so think about that. Uh, I think he finished with 334. Uh, it, was, it was in 4A, so he beat the 4A record held by Hall of Famer Eric Dickerson. Interesting. And then he went on to break the overall 11-man record held by Jonathan Gray. Right, so some some pretty big uh, vaunted company there. So now it's uh, it's Mr. Winningham's show, uh, and it's just it's crazy to see. I mean, it was it was wonderful. I mean, you you think wide receiver, wildcat quarterback, and you know now has a record in rushing yards. Uh, 
kind of strange there, but, uh, you know, it, it worked for Kuro. And he plays defense, too. And I, that's what I heard in the press box is uh, he'll play, he can play defense. I don't know where he'll play, but um, Tom Herman's got a great one. Moving right along, were, were there any other state records that you wanted to jump on? Because I know that, that we've had a few in, in DFW that did that I mean, definitely played well. Uh, you know, Highland Park, had, I believe, had the uh, record in total sacks. I think they had nine overall. Uh, I mentioned Prince Dorbaugh. I think he had four. Uh, that's why he was named defensive MVP. Um, Highland Park breaking last year's state record of eight held by Manville. If you remember, Manville got those eight sacks against Highland Park. So, yeah, ironic. Yeah. And then uh, there's there's one that had the most points in state title game history. I think it was uh, Mart in two-way. And then six-man, which I got to see uh, McLean. And McLean won it. Um, I apologize. I, I can't remember his name. Again, it's been three weeks. But uh, he had nine rushing touchdowns in the game, which <laughs> – set a uh, six-man record so uh, past couple seasons we've been seeing the the records be broken uh, you know and that's we're probably going to continue that trend next year well and, and as these offenses continue to evolve much like the college game I'm sure that uh, like you said we will continue to see more records broken shifting gears a second here we're going to move into a brief uh, spot on recruiting and one player in particular, and that is Jalen Catalan, a uh, local guy, DFW. And, you know, Brian, what have you seen from him this year? We'll just start with the high school, what you've seen from him on the field. Um, well, the last last couple of, not this year because uh, he got injured right, in the first right, right, game. Right. Um, and if you if you don't know Jalen Catalan, he's a uh, Mansfield legacy defensive back. Um, got injured in the first game and just missed his senior season, but uh, was one of the top players in the in the country as a sophomore and junior. Um, over 100 tackles each year. You know, as a sophomore, he was the Associated Press 5A Defensive Player of the Year. As a sophomore. As a sophomore, and um, yeah, just one of the top players. And he's he's going to commit on Friday, Friday afternoon at the high school. And um, yeah, I got some some great programs there. So yeah, he's a uh, he's I think I think two four seven sports has him ranked as right inside the top thirty prospects in the state. And obviously, the injury did not seem to scare off any of the blue chip programs. Yeah. Teams at the top of the list: TCU, Texas, OU, and Arkansas seems to have snuck in there, uh, which is a little bit of an odd. An odd group. I don't know what you've heard, uh, but I mean, where would your guess be on where he's leading? Because it's felt like TCU, but I don't know. Texas, the way things have gone this year with Texas, Texas has been has stolen what I think we're up to three TCU commits, or at least gotten guys to decommit. Yeah. Do you think where do you think Catalan falls on that scale? Well, I'll just tell you right now uh, why these schools are why I think these schools are his top four. Arkansas actually is a strong uh, school because Chad Morris was at SMU. And, well, that makes sense. And uh, Catalan told me that uh, Coach Morris was the first to talk to him, to, to recruit him. And even though the change has happened, uh, you know, that relationship has continued. Texas, uh, it was the first to say you can play football and baseball. Now, I saw him last month with uh, some other of his teammates signing, and it looked like he was doing well. You know, no crutches, no no 
braced or anything like that. Um, and he's a baseball player, and so I want to see if he's going to play baseball this spring. I don't, I don't think he will. I think he's just going to, you know, rest up. But um, I don't know if baseball's, you know, how, how high is it on his priority list. But he can play there at Texas. Uh, I think he can play there at Arkansas too. And all four of those have strong baseball programs. Yeah. And then going to OU, you know, just talking about, uh, you know, the best teams. Yeah, OU's always there. Well, I mean, with all due respect to the other ones, I mean, OU is right. probably in the best spot right now. Lincoln Riley, great coach. And then TCU, you know, is, is proximity, does that play a factor for him? Uh, and then TCU, great Gary Patterson, one of the best coaches around. So personally, I think um, as much as it hurts to say, because I'm a boomer sooner, I, I think uh, that happened, but yeah. I think Texas is. Uh, I think he's going to pick Texas because just the way the the last couple of years have gone, you know, Tom Herman seems like a, a fun coach to be around. Well, not only that, but I mean, you have uh, Caden Stearns among others. I mean, they seem like they have really not only recruited right. uh, four and five star elite blue chip prospects in the defensive backfield. But they've also played well. You know, there's one thing to get a five-star, four- or five-star guy, but it's another thing to have them come in and play right away. So it seems like they know, you know, Texas isn't perfect and, and they have issues elsewhere, but in terms of the defensive backfield and the talent and developing that talent, they seem like they know what they're doing. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I don't know if they're all the way back, but... Oh, uh, well, we can have that to debate for another day because even I don't think Texas yeah. is back, even though you're an I OU think guy. I think they're... Close, they're dang close. That you got to win. You you have to win. Not to veer too far down this road, but you got to win a Big Twelve before you can yeah. say you're back. I, slow down on that. Yeah, and I I think uh, you know it'd be great for him to go to OU, but uh, I kind of uh, I'm hesitant because of just how the defense played last year. I don't know if he wants to be you know a part of that, giving up a lot of points and being historically bad. Well, and, the flip side of that is you say well. Unlike Texas, where there seems to be a, a line to, to get on the field, you look at OU and say, hey, you know, even with the injury recovery, I can, you know, expect to be fully healthy. You could say, hey, I could play, could play right away and right. help turn this around because, right. you know, the offense is going to be good. And, you know, you know Jalen Hurts, which we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have for another day. We'll save that conversation yeah. for another day. But OU is going to be good again with, with or without good. transfer quarterback. So Always good. And then Arkansas, you know, again, that relationship and then uh, – actually has two teammates already signed and uh Tyre and Carter and Enoch Jackson so maybe he wants to play with his his guys and then uh TCU I think is kind of on the bottom of the list uh you know talk about close to home uh I don't know if that's a big factor considering you know Norman and Austin aren't fairly that far so right um but yeah I, I think it'd be it'd be Texas and we'll find out uh, on Friday afternoon. Last note on Catalan, uh, according to 247 Sports Rankings, he is the highest ranked player in the entire state of Texas who is still undecided and uncommitted. So very anxious to see what he decides there. Jumping back to uh, strictly the high school ranks, and we touched on this before, Alito obviously coming off that state championship win, getting back to the top of the mountain. But there is a bit of a shuffle in the athletic department with the head coach and the AD. They're going to be switching places. Brian, you've covered this. You've written about it. What happened? And I'm a little curious to hear why, because you, you seem to have a good understanding of what's going on at Alito. Uh, well, Tim Buchanan is back uh, on the sideline. You have the headset for 2019. Build up that program, build up that dynasty. Uh, he was there for 21 years. 
1993 to 2014. And then kind of decided to uh, take a break, and he became the full-time AD. Uh, prior to that, he kind of he split the job. Um, his defensive coordinator, Steve Wood, took over. And, you know, last five years, Coach Wood Alito has been one of the best. Uh, three state titles, four title game appearances, 75-4 uh, and four record. And so they're going to flip-flop. He, uh, Coach Buchanan, was, there, was the AD for five years and actually announced his retirement last season in February, excuse me, and then in the summer decided, hey, I'm going to stay on for one more semester and did that and was planning on retiring. Steve Wood got, you know, knew the job was going to be open and kind of wanted that challenge and then just kind of worked itself out where, hey, you know, Coach Buchanan's going to be retired. Uh, he'd still love to coach. He told me, you know, about two or three months into the AD job back in 14, he he kind of felt like, oh, uh, I kind of made a mistake. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a coach. And, um, yeah, just, you know, the, the administration there at Alito was, hey, you know, you're interested in coaching, you know, do you want to? But but there's no, really quickly, and, and we have a couple other head coaching things to get to, but there's no tension there. Like, you know, you see these, sh- these shuffles happen all the time, especially with when the ISD gets involved, when the school principals and administrators get involved, and it's like, okay, here's what's happening, here's tension, you know, Oftentimes in these situations, people don't get what they want, but this doesn't seem to be like that. No, and I, I don't know if I don't know who they would have considered or if they would have stayed in house or, but you kind of um, like Coach Wood had mentioned, if he didn't take the AD job, there's there's a chance that um, Alito ISD kind of goes outside of Alito to hire someone, which makes things tricky because then the coach that, that just creates more issues. Right, and Coach Wood, he's he. He's been there for 17 years. Uh, he's been with the pro- football program since 2002. You know, he said he just wanted to uh, make sure he wanted to protect Alito and, and improve it. And, you know, he's a great guy. And then, you know, Coach Buck, I'm excited to uh, kind of work with the Coach Buck, the head football coach. And so, yeah, you kind of keep it in-house. You keep it Alito and um, it's – It'll work. It'll well, be a favorite again. Right, and it's and it's a little bit, you know, just looking at it from a big picture standpoint, it's a little bit, whether you're talking about pro teams or college teams or high school teams, you know, yes, obviously players make the plays, but whether you're talking about a coach, a principal, an athletic director, there's incredible value in continuity and the fact that, you know, they're able to have a familiarity and it doesn't get stale. They can keep people in the positions that they want and have success. And, I mean, yes, again, Alito's had some tremendously talented players, but this is also a reason why they've been so successful. Yeah, and I, honestly, I think I think if they had hired any coach anywhere, you know, they're going to be a favorite. They're going to go to the state semi, state finals. But it makes it a lot easier when you've, you know, you've worked with someone. You have that relationship. Like The kids uh, know who Coach Buck is. You know, I know they talked about – the incoming seniors, uh, they were about they were seventh graders when he had left, so they don't really know him. But obviously, they've heard stories. They know Coach Buck. Um, their older brothers played for him, so uh, I'll be interested to see. You know, Coach Buck uh, over two hundred and twenty-five wins in twenty-one years, and all these state titles. He had he had five as a head coach, and then Coach Wood had three. So, a little uh, switch in positions, but really not missing a beat at all. 
Well, going from one situation to making Ryan uh, Brian relive one of a completely different sort, and we, we're going to take him down memory lane a little bit when we bring up this name, and that's former South Lake Carroll head coach Hal Wasson. Obviously, we've covered and Brian's reported on extensively his, uh, let's call it divorce, uh, for, for lack of a better term, from South Lake Carroll last spring. Again, Brian was... was Hours and out, dozens of hours, basically covering the meetings. Don't make me, don't make <laughs> me talk about it. No, uh, yeah, Corsicana, he, he's uh, the new head coach there, and spent the last year as the uh, executive AD at Irving ISD, and now uh, same reason as Coach Buck. You know, he's he's a coach. He misses coaching. Want to get back in. So Corsicana there, um, and they made the playoffs last year, second round. Uh, lost to Burleson Centennial, but uh, yeah, Coach Coach Watson's back. Yeah, so Coach Watson obviously reliving a little bit of the history. Obviously had the one title at Carroll, eleven years there. Yeah, with the Dragons. so you know, obviously the you know the folks there, considering how high the expectations have been, probably would have wished that there was a little more success in terms of winning state titles. But there's no doubt that he, I mean, he clearly has an understanding of how to build programs, and I think that's what Corsican is going to get, right? Oh yeah, and they had. Uh, they had a really good year. I think they finished nine and three, most wins in a while. So, uh, just they're they're excited. He's excited, and um, yeah, watch for our course of Canada next season. Uh, you know, we talked about Watson just now, but then another familiar name coming back into the fold in terms of head coaching, and that's Claude Mathis getting rehired uh, for a second stint at DeSoto. This. There was, seemed to be some, and, and I know I, I didn't see yours, but I did see some other DFW reporting. There seemed to be some uh, creative ins and outs of how the board voted to bring him back. I don't know if it was totally smooth sailing there, uh, but he is back at DeSoto. He basically built that program. Yeah, uh, he was there before Todd Peterman. And- right, he's returned to the fold. What do you expect? And and w- w- was this surprising? It, I, the, I saw the Twitter reactions seem to be like, a little bit surprised that this move happened. Yeah, uh, I think some people were surprised. Honestly, uh, I I didn't expect it. But uh, you know, you talk about you talk you know Carol and Coach Watson and and you know their divorce and whatnot and uh, the things that's been happening at the Soto, the Soto last couple of years. You know, so um, surprised that surprised and not surprised. I mean, I, I don't know what those guys at DeSoto uh, ISD are, are doing, but um, yeah, he, he built up that program. He was there for, I want to say, seven or eight years, and then you know he left, and Todd Peterman took over. They won state, so uh, Mike Robinson was there for a year, and then he kind of moved up the ladder. And yeah, Coach Coach Mathis is again just like Coach Buck. It's uh, they are familiar with him. You know, I don't know how the relationship is with DeSoto and and Coach Mathis, but familiar face um, probably is always a nice thing. Now, last note here really quickly for at least football-wise, uh, and that would be 10 SEALs. And we're going to talk – we've talked about some uh, SEALs before, and, I, you know, you've done stories on him and I have done stories on him. And he, he you know, Weatherford quarterback looks like – he well, he excuse me, he is ranked the number one uh, pro-rated quarterback, I believe, in the state of Texas for 2020. Right. Um, and, you know, his list – his, you know, obviously with the transfer situation, probably didn't uh, get as much. I'm transferring on high school. We're talking about now, yeah. but he didn't get probably didn't get as much playing time as and prep as he would have liked. But obviously, you've done stories and I have about him making that that time up with with a, an ungodly amount of camps. 
yeah. in terms of recruiting and showcasing what he can do. I get the sense that he was trying to make up for lost time there. You know, he's got offers. I, I, I'm looking at the list now. Minnesota, Kansas, Vanderbilt, Cincinnati, just a few. But I think they're going to end up being bigger programs, uh, bigger programs than that, sending him offers. I mean, they, you know, th- obviously there's going to be interest from the powers in this in this state, in this region. But I think that, you know, at least from the, when I talked to he and his father, I, I got the sense that they're really open to looking nationally, which is it can be sometimes unique for, for prospects from this area. Yeah, and you talk about the, the camps. He went to 17 camps last summer in about a 27-day span, something like that, something crazy. Uh, some of the top programs, I know he liked LSU and Georgia, Minnesota, and uh, now he's going to be playing in the International Bowl, International Bowl 10, Friday, uh, 4.30 p.m. kickoff at AT&T Stadium. Uh, I know you did a you did a story last year. This is year. last year, yeah. When, when when I think it was the under seventeen or is it the under eighteen? Yeah, I, under, I, seventeen, I, under seventeen because 17, now yep. it's under eighteen. And he's been doing the he's been doing the iterations of this and the and the associated uh, camps for oh yeah you know, since he was fourteen. Basically, I mean I remember doing a hit the very first story when he was the seventh or eighth grader in one of those uh, highly nationally ranked quarterback camps in in Ohio or somewhere like that and he won back-to-back years so yeah Ken Seals look out for it and like you mentioned uh, he's got some smaller type uh, offers but um, expect the big ones to, to start rolling, rolling in yeah. yeah so a few programming notes obviously we're gonna Brian and I are looking to kick things off on 2019 right um, going forward we're gonna be doing some probably once all of the recruiting dust is settled we'll be doing a DFW recap of sorts we'll mix in a little bit of college with that uh recruiting obviously because you know everyone seems to be interested in that and and we are as well but also in terms of the strictly high school scene i think basketball uh will certainly be on the agenda i know baseball and softball will be uh up as well men uh, sorry that's girls and boys basketball as well I think, uh, obviously, the games will be, we'll talk about the games, we'll talk about recruiting, and obviously, kind of any high school football or basketball news, uh, you know, we touch a lot on, on coaches here, but and if that comes up, we will certainly uh, bring it to you, but we will be back on our regular schedule once a week, uh, Tuesdays, uh, look for us, the podcast, sometimes we, Steve Wilson, our, our great producer, sometimes we did it up on Tuesday, but usually no later than Wednesday. Uh, Brian, do you have any other, any scheduling notes and anything uh, content-wise we should look for this week from you? No, just, you know, basketball on, on DFWVarsity.com, got rankings, got polls, all that good stuff. Um, and then, you know, t- touching base on the recruiting, uh, February 6th is their national signing day. So we got a couple more weeks uh, till that and, and look for us talking about, you know, some of the top recruits who are going to sign. Only for this, yeah, not only this year, right, but, for yeah. an, you know, everyone's always looking ahead, right, next year because spring ball is it's right there. two months football, away. Football season just in, and we're, we're about to do uh, national signing day and spring ball, so. Texas High School football, baby. Yep. So, again, dfwvarsitydata.com, star-telegram.com. You could find Brian and I on Twitter as well as uh, our the paper's Facebook and Twitter page. That'll do it for us for the first episode of 2019. Everybody uh, enjoy the basketball games this week and, and the football, and we will see you guys next week.